We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. This podcast is part of the Bomb Pod Media Network. They're staying in the shadows. It's called probing. Make sure things are all clear. Clear for for the rest of the night. You guys hear that? To the show, everybody. I am your host, Tony Merkel, and you are listening to The Confessionals. Let's get to this week's iTunes shoutouts. If you haven't heard already, we are doing iTunes shoutouts for anybody who leaves a rating and review on iTunes. You have to leave a review on iTunes in order to get that shoutout. So, this week's shoutouts is LOL Joy, D Dodd, Baja Sherry, Curious Nay, New Name 643. <laughs> I can't even do this. New name. <laughs> Some of these names are amazing. New name six four three thousand eight hundred forty nine dollars and three seven three. I love that name. Mary's man. Rye Thompson. C by Num at K Lake. Two customs. Eben five six six. And thank you very much for doing all those ratings and reviews. Some of those names are amazing. So keep them coming. I love it. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, something that you've seen that's really incredible and you want to share with other people that's on the paranormal side of life, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. And since you're at the website, go ahead and check out the new website store we recently put up. There's a lot of different designs in there with the Confessionals logo on it. There's phone covers, there's mugs, there's t-shirts, pillows, a bunch of different cool stuff. So go ahead and check that out at the Confessionals store on the website. And hopefully you find something you enjoy. 
Now, this week's show, we have Freddie coming on and Lori. Freddie is going to be first, where he shares a UFO encounter that he had in Scotland. And then later on, we bring on Lori, who responded actually to a call we made months ago about any nurses that have seen anything paranormal while they're on duty. Well, Lori comes on tonight as a sleep technician who has seen some paranormal activity while she was working. So let's get into it right after this. Okay, tonight I have Freddie coming on, and Freddie reached out to me from the Highlands of Scotland. Freddie, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Uh, we were talking here in the pre-interview and stuff, and you were sharing with me some of the uh, folklore that you you've heard about this. Uh, if you if I recall rightly, it was Big Gray Man in Highlands of Scotland. Maybe you could talk about that a little bit later. But uh, you mentioned to me earlier about how you've had some weird experience uh, around where you live, and you just really don't seem to know what to make of it. And you wanted to kind of share with me and see, you know, what was what. So, uh, what 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 happened? Okay, so first of all, I'm just going to say is, this may sound weird to a lot of people, but I have absolutely no idea when this happened. I mean, I'm 18, so, you know, I, I it could have been any time from when I was like six years old to 12 years old. I've, I just have no idea. And I don't know if that's relevant or not. Maybe not. But um, so we're, I like where I live, it's mainly just hills and locks or I don't know if anyone here knows what locks are, but they're just like big lakes, basically. And just like uh, about three miles up from where I live, uh, there's this lake. And me and my dad were driving up there once. And I'd spotted this, the best way I can describe it is a cube, like a silver cube, uh, really I don't know how to, it's like a metal, it, like the sun was glowing off it, shining, reflecting, and it was maybe 30 feet in the sky, uh, just basically sitting there still, and I, I pointed that out to my dad, and I said, you know, what's that? And he kept saying, you know, it's a, it's a plane, and he was driving at the time, so he didn't get a really good look at it, but I, I just, you know, seeing a cube just just solid still um uh size wise maybe a meter across each way and that's all that really happened you know and i mean the only way i can describe it is you know like a it was silvery and just like solid like stuck right there in the position and not moving at all you know i don't really know what else i can say about it yeah, so when you when you saw this thing in the sky, was it moving or was it stationary? No, just like solid, just solid. Like that's, I don't know how to describe it. Just like stuck there, like completely stationary, no movement. And was it was all right? So it wasn't moving, but no. uh, it was just sitting there, stationary, and it was daylight. Yeah, yeah, it could have been. I would say morning or definitely morning. You know, it was a bright day, not many clouds in the sky. And it just like, you know, from what I remember, it was stationary, but, you know, it was definitely flowing, just, you know, like hovering. Yeah. Now, when you saw this thing, was it like a, a curiosity or was it something like almost giving you fear? You know, like, were you just confused? Well, I was just like a, 
you know, I was just wondering what it was really. There was no fear, a uh, bit of confusion, I guess. You know, my dad kept saying it was a plane and it was, there's no way, there's no way that was a plane. It was too low. And, I, you know, I just remember what I see and it was just mainly confusion. Like, I was just wondering what it was really, you know, no fear, nothing like that. And you'd never talked to your dad about it before or after? Yeah, no, I've talked about it since and he, he still says to stay, you know, all he remembers was a plane. And I said, well, like, you were driving, so you didn't really get a good look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, I mean, what's the, uh, how do I say, I guess, how, how do you know about the history of uh, UFOs in your area? Is there a history of it? Do you, have you ever looked into that? Uh the only like the only things I've done is like search on do quick Google searches on like silver blocks box floating in in sky and seeing what's come up and the only like one thing popped up is I I mean I think it was over in the states it's not over here but a guy was filming from his backyard um, something very similar but in this case it seemed a lot higher up and it was moving through the sky and he was following it through his garden. Uh, so, but I mean, over here, nothing. I haven't heard a single thing about UFOs or anything. And so, when you just described the guy that you saw online, you said it was higher up. Well, how high was this cube for you? I would. I mean, I'm I'm not too good with measurements. I mean, maybe I would have to say thirty to forty feet. Uh, you know, not ridiculously high. Like, um, yeah, I would say about thirty thirty feet, maybe. Okay. Definitely so you, 40 feet, yeah. You got a great look at it then. Uh, yeah. And there's probably no mistaking at that kind of distance what you're seeing as far as shape-wise goes. Uh, do you think you're – do you ever get the sense that your dad didn't see it and he just said it was a plane? Or do you get a sense that he did see it but he's just writing it off as a plane because he doesn't really want to talk about what it could be? I, I don't know. I mean I, I asked him if he wanted to come like join in when I when I talked to you and he, he said he, – because he, he – he doesn't know if he even saw anything, you know. He kind of remembers a plane. He doesn't want to give like an exact um, opinion on it because he, he just does not remember. But he remembers something happening. He remembers me saying that there was a, you know, a cube in the sky. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, uh, I just know that sometimes people, they they see something dramatic and they just they clam up and they just almost refuse to talk about it like it never happened. And I know sometimes people actually, they see things with other people and they both acknowledge what they saw, but for whatever reason, after the incident is over, neither person ever talks about it. It's almost like, to me, it, it feels like sometimes there's like this almost hypnotic kind of thing that happens with people where they experience something so dramatic and when the dramatic incident is over they just kind of carry on without talking about it. maybe it's shell shock and they don't know what to say so they're quiet but then they just kind of like that's it they don't they don't really go into discussion with the person they experienced with and they go years you know sometimes a lifetime without ever really actually talking about it with that person and i, I i've never had that experience you know with anything and i just have a hard time wrapping my mind around how people could experience something so dramatic and then just not talk about it. And it makes leaves me feeling like, you know, there's some kind of like hypnotic thing going on with people's minds sometimes with this stuff. Um, Have you ever heard I mean, that? I didn't, uh, no, no, I don't know. I mean, well, when I, I didn't mention it really until 
uh, earlier this year to my mom when we were just driving. We were just talking about stuff we'd seen in the past because we, we listened to the podcast together and other podcasts. And, you know, she was talking about something she saw when she was little that she later read up on the internet that was, you know, something to do with the, the weather. And she found out the answer. And, you know, I mentioned this to her. And I mean, it's not like I was bottling it up for. Mm-hmm years like holding it and not wanting to tell anybody you know it, it just wasn't I don't know I just didn't see, it just didn't feel like a big deal until like I started hearing more about all, like UFOs and all these things yeah I get that I understand uh I just I know for me as a person and stuff I just I'd be on edge if I saw something I'd have to tell people so it's just funny I, how people I react. mean I mean I mean now if I saw it I would be I'd be I'd be like i'd tell everybody i'd be jumping on here i'd be contacting all sorts of people i'd try and film it i'd do all sorts but then i just looked at it and i don't know i feel like i should have made a bigger deal out of it and maybe jumped out the car and got a good look and made my dad film it or but i just didn't for some reason and it's annoying that i didn't do that but yeah it is what it is so yeah that's your experience, man. That's really interesting. Now, I have heard of these cubed UFOs. Uh, I think I have actually seen pictures of them around uh, the internet here and there. But uh, I don't think I've ever really um, talked to anybody who's actually seen one. And uh, I do find it interesting. If I, if I ever come across uh, more stories like that, I'm definitely going to pass them on to you. Uh, because it's definitely interesting stuff. Now, before we uh, get out of here, I wanted to just ask you a little bit if you could share the history of the big gray man in, uh, I think you said it was in the Highlands, uh, but or, uh, no, no, you said- no it's, uh, it's more in the center, more over, I mean, I need to look at a map to get it right, but um, it's quite close to Inverness up north. Okay, gotcha. So, uh, yeah, sure. What 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 can you describe to the audience what the legend is with the big hairy man? Because uh, it definitely sounds like a Sasquatch type creature to me. Yeah, so like up in I mean I don't think it's in the Highlands, but it's um we have this mountain called um Ben McDewey, and you know I'm just looking for my book to to find some more information on it, so I'm not just giving out false information, but um we have this um. This mountain is called Ben McDewey, M-A-C-D-H-U-I, if anyone wants to go research it. And supposedly, um, there's this big seven to eight foot tall um, wild man living up there, you know, covered in gray hair. You know, I have my book here and it's talking about Scottish Bigfoot. And it mentions like a a Bigfoot like creature known as the big gray man that lives in Scotland. And he dwells on a mountain called Ben McDewey. It's in the Cairn Gorms. It says here. So, I mean, that helps you just figure out the location. Um, you know, there's not too many like reports of him. It's more of like a, a legend, like the next monster. I mean, I don't know if many people have really seen him, but there has been some reports um, that people have been up there, this like mist ascends around them and still he'll like close in on them and attack them in the mist and you know i don't know if it's genuine or not and i'm i don't know if there's like a group of them up there supposedly or just one creature i mean i've been meaning to go up there for a few months now since i first heard this 
Um, I mean, it's not. It's probably not the best idea. I don't know if, if in case there's something is there, but it's definitely something I want to look into because it's it's really the only thing we have in this area. I mean, there's no other reports of Bigfoot other than the odd encounter. Um, but I definitely think people should go research that, especially if they live in the UK, because it's really you know it's it's interesting and it's worth looking into. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know. I think that a lot of these folklores, if that's what you want to call it, these legends have at least some kind of truth in them. Uh, I just don't think that, uh, you know, especially in certain areas of the world and stuff, people really want to talk about these things. But, you know, I do think that they derive at least from some kind of truth. So uh, I definitely find it interesting, though, nonetheless. Well, Freddie, I really appreciate coming on tonight and stuff. And if you ever have uh, another UFO sighting or if you actually do get up there to kind of look in the area of these uh, big gray men, uh, I definitely would be interested in hearing what you saw. Sure. No problem. I'm going to contact you. I'll talk to you. Bye. Cool. Thanks. Okay, next up on the show tonight, we have Lori coming on, and Lori is a sleep technician out of the state of New York, and I have been trying to connect with Lori for quite some time now, but we've just been missing each other, and I think, Lori, what has it been, about six, five, six months since we've been trying to plan this out? Yeah, probably about that. Yeah, it's it's been unbelievable. I mean, it's mostly my fault because I would add you to a list and then that list would get lost and it was just unbelievable. But I'm really glad we're connecting tonight. Uh, you actually contacted me in response to a episode that me and Lindsay did way back talking about uh, nurses having paranormal experiences while they're on duty. And you wanted to share your experience with some things that you've had. And uh, I forget what you said. Now, what, what exactly do you do in the medical field? I am a polysomnographic technologist, which is a fancy term for a sleep tech. I uh, hook people up, watch them sleep, test for sleep apnea, things like that. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I know when you said that you what you did, I knew I wasn't going to remember. So I wanted to make sure that you actually described to the audience actually what you did. Uh, but let's just walk into what you've experienced in the medical field uh, with the paranormal side of things. Well, when I first started at, um, it was actually my first sleep lab job. Um, when I got hired, they said, this sleep lab is haunted. And back then it was like 1999, 2000, something like that. Um, I didn't know about the paranormal. I never watched or listened to anything about paranormal. The only thing I knew about paranormal was, you know, my mom said, never touch a Ouija board. So um, when I came in, I kind of laughed about it. But there were, I would say, 15, 15 technologists that work there that experienced something. I mean, everybody that ever came in on nights experienced something, including the doctor, uh, which he would not come in the sleep lab unless there were other technicians or it being during the day um, because he experienced things too. And he always said that it was his father-in-law coming to haunt him because he took money from his wife's inheritance to build the sleep lab but that was i don't know something something weird with him guilty conscience um yeah exactly 
so um, my first experience was just noises. Um, we would hear uh, opening and closing of metal file cabinets, paper shuffling. And mind you, there are cameras in the control room where we sit. There are cameras in the room with the patients. There are cameras in the hallway, cameras on the doors. Nobody can get in or out without being physically let in a door. So, you know, nobody could be creeping around. And we would, uh, so we knew it wasn't anybody, but you go like run around the corner and look in the front office area and there's nobody there and there's no noises. So you come back down the hallway, go back in the control room, and then it would start up again. You run around the corner. So that was kind of, it didn't happen every night, but maybe once, twice a week. So that kind of, I, I dismissed it also. I mean, I just thought, oh, that's funny. And, but one night there were, I think four of us on that night. And like I said, we could see patients in the control room. Uh, you know, on the camera. So we know who's in, who's out of bed and the control room's not that big. You know, you'd have to bump into somebody to go out to let the patient out of bed to, you know, whatever. So what I did was I got up out of my chair, went to the door and looked to my left down a hallway and we turned the lights out in the hallway, but of course there's still light, you know, coming in, but there were three bathrooms down the hallway and Two of them had swinging doors. So, you know, you just pushed on the door to go in the bathroom. And then the last bathroom was just like a regular one where you just, you know, open up with a doorknob and go in. So I happened to look to my right and I saw what I thought was somebody go in the bathroom. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, that's funny. You know, they didn't turn on the light and they didn't shut the door. And then, you know, that's kind of a patient thing. Maybe they just weren't thinking and you know, be in the middle of the night. They just thought, you know, somebody else wasn't going to be walking around. So I'm processing this and I turn around and I say, is anybody out of bed? And they just kind of looked at me and said, no, you know, that there's nobody out of bed. So I took off up the hallway and looked in the bathroom and there's nobody there. But I would put myself on a lie detector test. I saw somebody walk in that bathroom. And for me to process that, you know, why didn't they turn on the light? You know, why didn't they shut the door? Um, we would see, um, we had IR cameras, you know, in the room so that we could see in the dark. We would see big, uh, like kind of like softball size. I'm not a big orb person, but uh, we saw uh, golf or softball sized orbs floating around and I would think oh it's the patient's watch glaring well it doesn't really do that plus the patient didn't have a watch on so you know little things like that would happen but the noises um and of course I'm kind of into history so I got to looking into the area where the sleep lab was built and um I guess it was Indian land at one time. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but, and they also say that, uh, with people in their sleep, it, it opens you up to more paranormal things. Don't know how true that is. I actually asked 
um, I won't mention his name, but somebody that's been in the paranormal field for over 40 years and I really trust highly um, active. He knew anything about the correlation between sleep and um, sleep and paranormal activity. And, and he said no, but, you know, it was a very interesting topic. And, and I've never even, you know, I've not heard anybody else say, oh, you know, there's a correlation. But I would think, you know, your body's electricity, your mind puts off, your brain puts off electricity. We have to use amplifiers to, to see brain waves. We have to, you know, amplify an EKG signal to see a patient's heartbeat. Um, a lot of electrical equipment, people are vulnerable in certain stages of sleep. Um, got to be some correlation there. And it seems like every, I don't know if it's just me, I attract people like that. But um, when I moved, um, when I moved from Ohio to New York, the lab that, um, that I went into, I was only in for like a week because um, we were moving, but they said they had paranormal activity there too like closet doors opening and closing people waiting outside of a bathroom because they thought somebody was in there. You could hear the toilet flush and the water run and there's nobody in there. Uh, patients had seen um, a woman standing beside the bed where there would be no way that somebody could even get to that side of the bed unless you were a toothpick. And uh, somebody saw a white dog walking down the hallway, um, just weird stuff like that. But for more than one person, several people to see things and hear things, that just uh, solidified it with me that I wasn't crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when people are seeing these apparitions, did they ever describe what they look like? like did they look like they were patients? Or did they look like maybe they were old-time dressed? Did they ever describe what they saw or what you saw? Well, what I saw, um, because it was dark, I didn't. I, I saw the shape of what I thought was a person, but but you know when I really think about it, I didn't see. I just saw a definition of what looked like a person going into the bathroom. I didn't see features. I couldn't tell you if it was a man or a woman. It was just uh, maybe what you would call a silhouette of a person. Um, and then nobody had ever mentioned anything to me at that lab um, about seeing anything that, you know, they, that they could describe. It just looked like, you know, a dark figure. Um, at the other sleep lab, People like the the one patient thought it was the technician didn't look like her apparently, but um, this person was white and had features, and she could tell that it was a woman. And sometimes you have to be careful with that too, because you know, being in the sleep field, um, I'm very skeptical when people say that they see things because um, there's something called hypnopompic or hypnagogic hallucinations where you're coming up, you're coming out of REM sleep. Um, and you can like, I, I've had an episode one time where I'm laying on my back. I come out of 
sleep. I can't move. I can't scream. And there are snakes at the foot of the bed. As a technician, I know I'm coming out of REM. When you're in REM sleep, your body goes paralyzed, so you don't act out your dreams. So that's why you can't move. You can't scream. You're awake in your head, and you can hallucinate. Um, so sometimes if a patient says, you know, well, I saw something in the room, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. But if it's already a haunted location, you think, mm, well, that could be true. And then the white dog. Um, and then, of course, the other things were just, you know, people standing outside the bathroom door waiting for whoever was in there to get out. And there was nobody there. I mean, how that that's to me, how how does a toilet flush and it sound like water running, like somebody's washing their hands. And then finally, they just kind of go in and there's nobody there. The lights off. Um, you know, doors opening and closing. Uh, by themselves. Um, and uh, as a matter of fact, there were, they did find at the old lab um, a headstone. And somebody had propped it up against the backside of the building. I never saw it myself, but, you know, people were telling me about it. So who knows what, what was around there? Why would there be a headstone in the middle of, you know, it's a city. So I have no clue why, why that would be there. Yeah, that that's odd. I mean, when you were talking about it earlier, I was thinking maybe some kind of Indian burial ground because you mentioned about the Native American land. Uh, it, who knows? I mean, maybe there is some kind of burial ground around these locations that is causing some of this stuff. Uh, backtracking a little bit here, though, because you did talk about REM sleep, and I found that fascinating because I often have questions about this stuff, but I don't know who to talk to. And I didn't know that when you're in REM sleep, your body is pretty much paralyzed so it doesn't act out what you're dreaming. Did I hear you right? Is that how it, how it works? Yeah, that's how it works. There are people that have what they call REM behavior disorder. You usually see it in um, elderly men, um, men who have Alzheimer's or um, Parkinson's disease. And a lot in people who have had trauma in their life. You see it in uh, veterans of war um, where that, that mechanism in the brain just doesn't work. So they act out their dreams. I've seen um, the weirdest thing I saw with that. I saw a guy stand up on the edge of the bed. And before I could get into the room, he had dove off onto the floor head first. Um, because he thought he was diving off a diving board in his dream. Oh my gosh. But we can see when, you know, we can see when somebody goes into REM sleep and immediately when, in, when he went into REM, I mean, it was just like a instantaneous. He, I, I, I thought to myself, Oh, look, he's going into REM and then he stood up and jumped off the bed. I find it fascinating because a lot of times I hear people talk about sleep paralysis and when they describe it, they literally describe what you just described to me with how your body is paralyzed and you're starting to wake up and you'll maybe see something, uh, but you can't move your body at all. And I don't think I've ever experienced the, the paralyzing feeling myself. I have done things where 
I've projected what I saw in my head into the room. For instance, when Lindsay and I had gotten married, we were in our first apartment and it was, you know, newlyweds, you can't afford much. And it was a crappy apartment. And we had these pipes going across the ceiling. And I opened my eye up, or I opened my eyes up when I was, I guess, still sleeping in a sense, but I was starting to wake up. And I projected what I was dreaming, which was about snakes. And I thought I saw a snake wrapped around this pipe going across the ceiling. And I freaked out. I jumped out of bed. I ran out of the bedroom. Forget my wife. Forget her. Like I left her in the in the bedroom. You know, you know, she's got to fend for herself. I ran out until I actually woke up and realized it was a dream. But um, it, right. What do you know about that? As far as this whole uh, sleep paralysis thing, is that kind of the same thing? Yeah, and it can it can happen at um, you know, it can it can take. 30 seconds, it could take a minute, you know, it could take 15 seconds for, for somebody, for somebody to, to come out of it. Um, you see it a lot. Um, also people that have sleep apnea, um, your sleep is fragmented by the apnea. So you could be in REM sleep and you wake up and you might feel like you're drowning, um, People feel like, you know, I woke up and I was holding my breath. Well, that's just sleep apnea. But, um, yeah, it's it's amazing how your body and your mind still are not connecting. And it usually, it, it tends to happen more in younger people. You see it in people who have um, narcolepsy, um, which they dream a lot anyhow. They go into REM sleep more than more than usual, you should go into REM sleep four or five times during the night where they might be in REM sleep sometimes all night, practically. Wow. But it's, uh, yeah, I, that's why I have trouble, trouble believing, you know, or, or skeptical, put it that way. I, I don't say people are lying, but um, if you don't know about sleep and what truly, truly happens, you can... You know, I've had patients that tell me, um, you know, hey, there's a guy that come and visits me. You know, he's, you know, he stands beside my bed. They come in for a sleep test and they don't experience the same thing there. I've had people, I had a young girl one time come in and she said, um, she said she always sees this figure. I said, oh, Okay. I said, does it, does it happen all the time? And she said, yeah, it happens all the time, except when I go to my boyfriend's to stay all night. So I'm like, hmm. I said, has anybody ever told you that your house is haunted? And she's like, well, you know, maybe it is. Maybe it's, she said, I, I, I guess when I was growing up, I, you know, her older siblings had said something about ghosts. And uh, so then you're, you know, of course, as a sleep tech and kind of into the paranormal, you're like, hmm, is this sleep paralysis? Is it, you know, hypnagogic, hypnopompic hallucinations or is her house haunted? That can be interesting. Absolutely. I, I just heard a story from a guy recently that he was in the hospital for something. And every morning there was a guy in a top hat that came and brought him 
uh, I think it was like coffee or something like that every morning. And he asked the nurse, hey, who's this guy that brings me coffee in the morning? It's great service. And they're like, there's nobody that's bringing you coffee in the morning. He's like, no, really, there is. And they told him he's hallucinating that that he's not seeing there's nobody there and he said i'm telling you and then the next morning the nurse came in at the same time that that he told her to because i I guess it was every morning at seven o'clock and so the nurse is there waiting and sure enough this guy shows up in a top hat right in front of the nurse and she's like who are you (laughs) he's like oh i'm here to take care of so and so and she's like but who are you and then the guy just gave him his coffee and left and so this was one instance where he really was being visited by somebody it was nobody knows who he was but this guy was giving him coffee every morning (laughs) i thought that was oh my gosh yeah it was it was bizarre absolutely bizarre do you think that uh this kind of backtracking a little bit but i want to get back on topic here for you um do you think that there's any possible way that doing testing on people while they're sleeping could cause uh, involuntarily, involuntarily uh, astral projection? That's funny that you said that because um, that was kind of a, a little bit of the conversation that I had with the uh, with the uh, guy that I was asking, you know, the questions about sleep if he had ever heard any discussions about it. Um, I do believe. Um, that I think your body just gets into a certain state where your mind gets clear. And, um, I do, I do believe that you could probably, you know, that you could probably do that. You could probably go places that, you know, I would think. I I find that interesting because I mean, the fact that you're working in a field where you're specifically focused on people while they're sleeping and you know you hear people talking about astral projection and things like that and i just wonder if there's some kind of trigger maybe uh and would that mean that you guys are seeing apparitions of people that are you know actual patients there i don't know but let's take a break right now and when we come back we will be talking more to Lori, the sleep technician Okay, and we're back. So, Lori, when you saw the, uh, we'll call it a shadow figure, go into the bathroom, your first response to that, uh, was it, were you thinking it was a patient or were you thinking it was an intruder? Because you said that when when you asked the nurses, they said that, no, everybody's in their room. So at that point, what were you thinking? Were you thinking there's somebody in here that shouldn't be? Or do you think, were you thinking it was a ghost? No, I was still, I think at the time I was just, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty rational thinking. So, and like I said, at the time I wasn't, I wasn't into paranormal. I wasn't, you know, didn't know anything about ghosts or hauntings or, you know, I just, that just wasn't in my, you know, never did anything like that. Um, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, somebody's patient's out of bed and, went into the bathroom and, you know, like I said, didn't turn on the light and didn't shut the door. And, you know, I, and then I thought, well, in the back of my mind, I, I kind of knew 
that, you know, because I've been sitting in the control room and if somebody is getting up to get out of bed, you know, the technician has to go and let them out. And um, so I kind of knew when I asked, you know, anybody's patients out of bed, I guess it was just kind of like a uh, um, confirmation for me that, yeah, I saw somebody go in there and I still didn't really think it was an intruder, but I thought it was still a patient. Don't ask me why, but that's why I kind of took off up the hallway and glad I didn't see anything, but <laughs> it probably would have scared me to death. But yeah, I thought it was pretty much a patient the whole entire time. So I got back in there and I said, well, got to see something instead of just hearing things. What did they say, the people that you were working with? Did you tell them what you saw? Or did they think it was a ghost? Yeah, they thought, they thought, oh my gosh, you know, you saw a ghost. Because, you know, everybody, nobody ever said um, that worked there ever said, oh, you're crazy because everybody had an experience. Um, not everybody saw things, but, you know, there there is no mistake in file, metal filing cabinets opening and closing and papers, you know, paper shuffling, maybe a breeze from an air conditioning vent or something like that. But you have to, you know, physically open and close filing cabinets, which sometimes aren't easy to open to begin with. But, and for, you know, for our doctor to be so petrified, he really wouldn't even talk about it. You know, I'd ask him, oh, you know, what'd you hear? And, you know, he'd just say, you know, about his father-in-law coming to haunt him because of the money. (laughs) (laughs) I find that interesting that he equates it to uh, something that he feels guilty about. That's, that's interesting. There's some psychological stuff there that I'm sure somebody could really dive into if they knew what they were doing, but I'm not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he was um he was uh Indian, so I I think he may have been uh Buddhist. So I don't know what they believe. They may, you know, it it might be something like that. The reasoning behind his thinking his father-in-law was out to get him. Yeah, I mean, that's that would be something common, I would think, that a lot of people would feel like anybody who's superstitious or anything like that uh, would think something like that, especially if they naturally feel guilty about doing something maybe they aren't proud of. But um, are there any other people that experienced things that you know of and what they experienced? Like, is there any other stories that you could relate to the audience as to uh, somebody else's experience, specifically, I should say? Um. The only other stories that I've heard, um, it was at another sleep lab still in the same city that I live in, but um, they, uh, I didn't work in that same lab, but they said um, that they went to a break room. They'd always had weird feelings in the break room. Um, They took a, a tape recorder into the break room and started, you know, asking questions. And when they played it back, um, they could hear somebody say, I'm standing behind you. And they went, never went back in the break room again. Yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> and the sleep lab that I work in now, I mean, sometimes you, you know, you get creepy feelings, but that could be just because it's a big old building. But we've taken tape recorders and placed them. Uh, we're, we're like down in the basement area where our our lab is and then our office is 
on the first floor and that's creepier than the lab. We've, we've all set tape recorders up there before, but we never got anything. You know, but, the yeah. fact that you keep saying that there's these different things happening at different labs and stuff. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's thinking a question that I'm not asking, but to me, it just seems odd that maybe there's some kind of correlation and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it would be paranormal, if there's some kind of natural explanation, maybe there's a scientific ex- explanation like we were discussing earlier about these people who are, you know, with them being tested on while they sleep, there are things that happen that are brought on by the test itself that we just don't understand, you know, but uh, I find it very interesting that there are other f- facilities in the city that are all experiencing similar things. Um, maybe it's just me, but I find that fascinating. Yeah. I always wanted to, to see if there were other sleep techs out there, you know, other than the people that I know that have experienced things like that, or if there are, um, paranormal investigators, um, that really do research in certain areas and why, you know, why there is a correlation because there has to be a correlation between, uh, the sleep thing and and haunting. I mean, unless you're, everybody is on, you know, an Indian burial ground or, you know, something of that sort, why would there always be a haunting in a sleep lab? There's got to be a correlation. Now, you said that there's a lot of video cameras and things like that in these facilities. Have you ever heard of a video camera picking up anything like a filing cabinet opening up or things like that? No, we, um, unfortunately there were none point, there are none pointed at the, um, at like the office itself. It's mainly just doors and hallways. Um, and the camera that was in the hallway where I saw that shadow thing, um, it didn't record. You could just see, you know. Gotcha. That makes the ones sense. On the doors, yeah, the ones on the doors did record, but the ones in the hallways was just kind of for our security. Um, so it didn't record. It was just like, you know, just a camera there so that we could see people walking up and down the hallway. Right. More for monitoring the facility while exactly. you're there. Exactly. That makes sense. Well, I'd be very interested to hear, you know, if there's any other things going on. I, I saw that, I saw a video recently and I think it might've been, I think it was a hospital. I hope it was a hospital or else this is, you know, pointless to bring up. But if there's a video camera in a hallway that was recording and you see some kind of apparition making its way down the hallway. You don't see the apparition itself, but you see the effects of the apparition. You see things moving on the wall like papers. And then you see there was a uh, a wet floor sign on the floor and it looked like an apparition just kicked it. It went flying across the room. Uh, cabinets were opening and closing. Things were shaking and slamming. It looked like somebody was just walking down the hallway that was ticked off. And I'm pretty sure it was a hallway. or a, It was a hallway, but a hospital. And uh, when you oh, were ta- wow. when you're talking about your story and your experience, that's the first thing I started thinking of because I was like, man, I wonder if it's a similar situation. I don't know, but I, I always find that stuff fascinating. And you know, when you're working in a, the medical field, it can definitely be um, at least an interesting topic to visit and discuss when it comes to these things. 
I guess before we get out of here, what are your thoughts on this stuff, the paranormal? You said that you weren't into the paranormal when you experienced this, but I'm assuming you have at least dabbled with it now and looked into it. What are your thoughts on, you know, what these encounters are with people, not not just your facility, but in general, when it comes to these ghosts and apparitions and things like that? Uh, are you a believer? What are your thoughts on the topic? I always say that I'm, I am a skeptical believer. I've seen things um, ever since that happened to me. That's kind of when I... Um, Starting, started looking more into the paranormal. And of course I've been, um, for probably 10 years now, I've, I've been, uh, going to different locations and, um, definitely not out to, I, I don't, I don't expect to see anything, get a lot of EVPs at a lot of different places. And it seems like I always go to either hospitals or, um, been to, um, you know, insane asylums, things like that. And once again, it's that whole healthcare thing. But I, I, I know there's something out there and, you know, I've, I've seen, really seen three things, you know, since I've been into the paranormal and then, you know, the one thing before I was, but, um, I know there's something out there and I would be really interested if there's anybody that, um, that is in the sleep field that may listen, um, that maybe they've had the same experiences or heard of other sleep labs and, you know, their take on the whole, the whole sleep and, um, sleep and hauntings. Yeah. I'd be very interested in hearing from anybody who has experienced similar circumstances because, uh, when, like you said, when, when you first said about what you do for a living and the fact that this is something that's common throughout different facilities within your city, I, I want I want to hear from other people. So if there is anybody else out there that have similar experiences, please get a hold of me. I would love to hear uh, what you have to say. But uh, Lori, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and sharing with us your experience. Uh, some great conversation about the sleep. I really appreciate you, you know, educating me a little bit on that. Uh, but thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you. You got it. All right. Well, you take care, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, bye. All right, well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, go to iTunes and leave us that rating and review. That helps us out a ton. And our favorite review will get a free gift in the mail, courtesy of the confessionals, every month. So make sure you go ahead and do that right now. Have a great week. Stay safe. And I'll see you right here next Saturday on the confessionals.
me back to when I was young How come I'm never able to identify where it's coming from I'd make a candle out of it if I ever found it Try to sell it, never sell out of it I'd probably only sell one Give it to my brother Cause we have the same clothes, same clothes Homegrown, a stone's thrown from a creek we used to roam But it would remind us of when nothing really mattered Out of student loans and treehouse homes We all would take a lighter Oh, 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 oh,